I'm Tara. I'm Ryan. We love Disney movies. So we decided to watch them all, from Snow White to Frozen 2 and beyond. Each episode, we'll watch a different Walt Disney Animated Studios film and tell you all about it. Did we like it? Does it hold up? Who's our favorite hero? Or villain. We'll give you history and fun facts about each movie. And sometimes, we'll invite our friends to watch along with us. So put on your tiara. Or your evil crown. And join us on our adventure. This is Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Ahoy, fairy tale mateys. <laughs> uh, welcome to a Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries mini tale. We are doing Muppet Treasure Island today. Yes, we are. Now, we know that last week you heard Treasure Planet. We did not. We recorded that a long time ago. So if it <laughs> sounds like we're trying to remember stuff... Just from last week, we are we are not suffering from some sort of memory loss. It's I mean I guess we are. It's just over a longer time frame. Yes. Than you think it is. We were talking about that as we were watching it. Tara, this was your idea to watch this as our mini tale after Treasure Planet. Mm-hmm. Um, why? Why were you so excited to watch this? Oh, I love this one. This is one I grew up on along with Muppets Christmas Carol. This was probably the other Muppets movie for me that I watched a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I can quote it. I pretty much know the words to every single song and sang along. Uh, yes. But, yes, she did. <laughs> but uh, it's just one of my favorites. I think it's it's in that same vein. I, I don't know if that's the right phrase, but it's it, it's similar to Muppets Christmas Carol, where it's based on a true story. So there are a lot Whoa. of not, not a true story. I'm sorry. True. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not <laughs> sorry. 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 Not based on a true story. Based on a fictional story. It's based on a classic, classic piece of classic literature. Okay, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Uh, it's, it's not an original story like the previous Muppet movies had been. Yes. So it's based on a classic like Muppet's Christmas Carol. It has all the Muppets. It has it has humor. It has music. It has... A wonderfully trained British actor just loving his role this yes. one is tim curry as yes. opposed to he i didn't Michael i don't Damon. think i realized tim curry is british how did i not know that well he's british in that like he's doing that's an accent yeah but he's not british born is he isn't he i'm pr- now i think he is you could be right and i just don't know well what what do you know him from other than this like what is your clue Legend. So he's doing a British accent clue. He's doing a oh. British accent. And, so maybe uh, I've just never thought about it. I guess that makes yeah. me sound pretty foolish on the air. Born Sorry, in, listeners. Born in Grappenhall, Cheshire. Which I guess is, I just never thought about it. Well, now I feel like a fool. That's okay. Um, you don't look like a fool. Well, maybe you should. I'm not going to cut it out. No, it's staying <laughs> in. She's giving me the cut single, but it's sticking. <laughs> I now I have like historically kind of poo pooed this movie a little bit. Um, mm. I think kind of in a similar vein that I did Emperor's New Groove, where I was like, I, you know, it's not a classic, blah blah blah. Because I think I think you're it's, a Muppets purist. You kind of talked about that a little bit yes. on Muppets Christmas Carol. So I think for you, I think when these ones came out, I don't think you were super pumped to see them, and Wrong. I think you. I saw this in theaters. Three times. Really? In theaters. We loved then it. Then why did you poo-poo it? Because I think later I went, well, it's not as good as the original classics. And it's it's not, in my opinion. It, But it may be like my fourth favorite Muppet movie, which is in good, good company. Mm-hmm. I like it better. It's been a long time since I've seen Muppet take, Muppets Take Manhattan. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I 
do not remember liking Muppets Take Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm starting to think that Great Muppet Caper probably may not have been as good as I remembered it. But anyway, I I have kind of been like, ah, because everyone's like, oh, it's the best Muppet movie. And I'm like, that what kind of ruffles my feathers. But people are allowed to have their own opinions, so whatever. Mm-hmm. Watching it this time, like, especially the first, like, 10 to 15 minutes are just like, I'm laughing the whole time. Yeah. Um, we meet, and you. that's that's why I said it's it's gives you all the feels that Muppets Christmas Carol does for me. Well, I I don't agree with that. Muppets Christmas Carol feels like it has a lot more heart. This feels like kind of a more of a goofball movie, but I, I really guess, but you it still, I feel movie. like, yeah, you still laugh at it. You still connect with the characters. You yes. feel for them. I, yeah, I see what you're saying. But. I, I but there's not like a good story. Like this one doesn't feel as wholesome. Like. As Muppet Christmas Carol. Muppet Christmas Carol has been elevated since I was, since, you know, recently for me. Mm. Um, this one's still just a fun, fun movie. Like, Muppet Christmas Carol, I would say, is like a film versus a movie. Like, this is just a, but they nail the whole, like, adventure story of this very yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we're going to kind of go through now and talk a little bit. I'll throw in some facts here and there. I mean, I don't really want to go super into the the plot because we literally just did this plot for the listeners last week because it is very similar to Treasure Planet. Yeah, I. if you want to point out the differences, I, as I mentioned in our last episode, have not read Treasure Island and I, my brain has completely dumped everything from Treasure Planet from when we originally recorded it. Yeah, so, I think that was one of the ones that you were kind of like, it's like, you weren't... I enjoyed it, but I, as far as, like, the core story, yeah. it's hard for me to remember, oh, this is the same as Muppets Treasure Island or vice versa. Well, if I remember the recording correctly, because we also haven't edited that one yet, yeah. but we do, I do reference a lot of what happens in Treasure Planet to beats in Treasure, Muppet Treasure Island to make you go, okay, so that's that's Sam yeah, the Eagle. So, that's this. Mm-hmm. Because, and I think that's actually what gave me the idea to watch this one. Probably. I think, too, because Travis hadn't seen it, and I really hope he... Muppet Treasure Island? Yeah, I really hope he watches it. Hmm, okay, interesting. But, I'll, have to, I'll have to follow up with him. Yeah, one thing I would like to do, I wrote down each song, and of course my notes are, are the beat-for-beat beat story, because mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. watched it, so it's in, you know that order but i figured i'd just read to you anything that i wrote in my notes and then if you want to chime in with facts Mm -hmm. so this way we could do it that way but the first song is shiver my timbers and i love this song i didn't remember that song. it's so good it's such a good pirate song and it's no muppets it's all it's all human actors because it's flint well well, no all the pirates are human yes i'm sorry but there's all those little muppets in the foreground it's like the creatures on the island that's what i meant i'm sorry all the pirates are humans and then the creatures you just said that but the creatures are Uh, yes so we're gonna go through as we do this and we're gonna identify some of our favorite muppets because i want to talk about that octopus that just sticks its head in and like sings a refrain real quick yeah i just love that octopus uh but but i yeah this song is so so good and then it kind of Cuts from that to Billy Bones warning uh, Jim Hawkins and telling the story, you know, beware of the one-legged man, which that follows the plot of the original and of Treasure Planet and the actor who plays Billy Bones. Billy Connolly. And he is so, so great. He's so over I, I the top. it's Billy Connolly. Sir Billy Connolly. Ooh, good for him. Um, yes. Uh, but he is so over the top, but in the most perfect way. It's he, so good. He is quoted as he takes great pride i believe he's still alive if not he's died recently 
Um, but he is takes great pride in being the first person to die in a Muppets movie. Oh, and his death is hilarious is and wonderful and so good. The part where he gets the black spot. And um, screams. And like, ah! Like, that's just hilarious to me. Yeah. I do want to... Can I talk about that real quick? Because I... Sure. Do you remember in Pirates 2, they give him the black spot and a thing grows on his hand? Yes. Like, I'm like, this is a thing from pirate lore. It's not. It's something apparently Robert Louis Stevenson uh, made up himself. Um, and it's essentially the idea that pirates are presented with a black spot to officially pronounce a verdict of guilt or judgment. It consists of a circular piece of paper or card with one side blackened while the other side bears a message and is placed in the hand of the accused. So like So it but it he didn't have it as being from the Bible. I found that interesting that, that later on yeah, later on John Silver gets one when the mutiny happens later and it's on a page from the Bible. And so I was wondering if that was like very specific to the black spot. It says just a piece of paper. I wonder but. if it has something that might be what happens in the book. Possibly. But, but yeah. I was just it was also funny that they, it kind of feels like a jokey device in this because, like, Billy Bones gets one. He's like, the black spot. Ah! Like, it's like the worst thing in the world you can get. And it's literally just a dot on a piece of paper. Yeah, but it's basically saying, you but know, it, your but, time is up. Yes, like, but it's we're coming also, for you. Yeah, but it's also exactly what it was in the book. Yeah. Like, they're just, <laughs> I don't know. I just thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. Who gives him the black spot again? Oh, my favorite Muppet, <laughs> Blind Pew. He is so good. So, I love him. He can't see. He's the one who gives him the black spot, and it's a pirate death sentence. Tara, Tara does this thing that I find extremely endearing when something's really funny where she laughs, and then she does a second laugh like in this higher register where you're like, <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. But And that sounded really like I was making fun of her. It's And she was just... It's it's the normal laughing range and then like an octave higher, which is the something's really funny. And she was just losing it at Blind Pew. I love Blind Pew. And we found out that they did create him for this. And then mm-hmm. he appears in Muppet. Muppet's Most Wanted. Muppet's Most Wanted. Which I have not seen. I have not seen that either. But I just, I love him so, so much. Uh, but to back up before I sing okay, praises of Blind Pew. No, that's fine. Um, we meet Jim Hawkins, Gonzo, and Rizzo. They're kind of a team. They mm-hmm. work in the inn. Are they related? They say they're family, but I don't think oh, they okay. are. Yeah, the, I think they, they consider themselves family because Jim mm-hmm. is an orphan. I thought it was... Because they do that in the Muppet and Great Muppet Caper where Fozzie and, and, and Kermit are twins. Yes, yeah. I think I've talked about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because I posted the picture of their so, dad. <laughs> my question is with Treasure Island... Mm-hmm. Is he an orphan? Because in Treasure Planet, his mom owns the end. So I don't he's know. Not an I think he's just. I think he might be an orphan in it. So yeah. So I was curious if this one matches a little bit closer no, in I, that regard. Now I have. I read. Tried to read the book a long time ago when I was young, and I found it, um, like hard to read because yeah. it's written in like eighteen eighties mm-hmm. stuff. When I, so when I was in like middle school trying to read it, it didn't really work well for yeah. me. So I'm not the expert there. Although they, I know Travis was. We might have answered this question a week ago. <laughs> we may have. Uh, but Something Better is the next song. And that one is primarily Jim Hawkins kind of daydreaming and singing. It's a it's an okay song. But Thumbs yeah. down. I wasn't a fan. He's so... His voice is so high-pitched. And I know you have a fact about that. Um, also, 
we were talking about the actor was 16 when he played this role. So I think you had Ish. a few facts. Well, about they may this. have recorded it before, Susan, but he went through puberty during filming. So they had to overdub his singing performance with older recordings of the songs. Oh, wow. That's, that's, and they, and be they are tricky. very Vienna boys choir. They've got, that's got to be tricky for child actors who singing, right? If right. you're cast at that age and depending on how long a film goes for and how much you do. All right. So back to blind pew, because I love him. So they all come back after he gives them the black spot, he leaves. And the whole bit is he's blind. So he like bumps into things, but then thinks it's someone else's fault. He thinks Jim Hawkins is a girl because he has longer hair. Uh, and it's, it for me, the bit is great. I love it. I can't get enough of it. When they all come back, there's this huge battle with all the pirates looking for the treasure map. And they wind up setting everything on fire. And my favorite line from Blind Pew is, I think I smell something burning. No. <laughs> It tickles me so much because as he says it, the entire inn is on fire. Like there's literally nothing in that inn that that is not burning. Like it's so good. I love him. I could just watch the clips of him, and that's it. Like he's not in the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. He's just in this beginning, well, but he's so good. I have another little fact about the thing about the the inn. Okay. Uh, after Jim Henson's death, Rolf the dog was not recast for several years as he was considered the character closest to Henson's actual personality, even more so than Kermit the Frog. In this movie, Rolf appears but did not speak in the first scene of the tavern. Interesting. I don't know that I saw him in the tavern. He was. He was being escorted out when it closed it. Oh, okay. I I bump on Rolf because I think Rolf is like my favorite Muppet. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, I I relate to Fozzie the Bear a lot, Uh but like I like Rolf the most. And I remember... This and Muppet Christmas Carol, and that might have been some reason I like like these a little less because like Rolf's not really in it. Yeah, they did something similar with Scooter, how they didn't cast him yeah. in Muppet's Christmas Carol, um, because and Richard what, Hunt, I believe. And what do we say, puppeteer, Muppeteer? A Muppeteer, actually, yeah. <laughs> uh, because he had passed, and I like that. That's their way of paying tribute and their mm-hmm. way of, you know, it especially Jim Henson. I mean, obviously, so significant. But I think when any of the Muppeteers pass away, you know, they, their mark and their characters are so beloved Mm -hmm. by so many people. So I think that's hard to, it's like big shoes to fill, but especially Jim Henson. But, um, also, can we just talk about the woman who owns the inn? And I wrote her name down, but Miss Bluvenridge, Bluvenridge, that's not it, but I can't remember what it is. It's something ridiculous. Bluvenridge, maybe? It's something like that. I feel like she can't possibly be the name of the person. So that's Jennifer Saunders, who is on Absolutely Fabulous, is like a big British actress. What else has she done? Okay. She was over the top as well, but I love that she kicks, she kicks butt. Like, she beats up all the pirates. She slaps one across the face (laughs) back and forth. I want to jump ahead a little bit because, like, th- after that they go, they get the map from Billy Bones. I don't know yes. if I said that. They go and they meet uh, Squire Trelawney. And I forgot Bunsen's character name. But we talked about in Treasure Planet how David Hyde Pierce's character, whose name I can't remember at this point, mm-hmm. um, the professor, was an amalgamation of those two characters. I see. And then also Fozzie being the young squire, Mr. Bimble who lives in his thumb, the man who lives in his thumb, I'm assuming that is completely... Yes. That doesn't follow any was, of the true story. That was apparently... Not tr- I keep saying true story, but you know... Didn't listeners, <laughs> You know what I mean. Uh, based on the original classic. Um, Frank Oz apparently didn't like that joke at first. He thought it was dumb. And then like by the end, he's like, that's my favorite joke. I think... 
because they keep it up throughout, mm-hmm. I think you I think it becomes kind of an endearing kind of funny joke. Right. But at first, I think you react like Rizzo and Gonzo react. Yeah, and we're like, you're like well, this okay, is this is yeah, like what are we getting ourselves into? Because it feels very not fuzzy. It's not something fuzzy. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to point out Frank Oz did the voices of Sam the Eagle, Fozzie, and Miss Piggy. This is also Sam the Eagle's first time having a major role in a Muppet movie. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, and but uh Frank Oz wasn't on set. Oh. He was directing Bowfinger. So he recorded all his lines, did like they do like a run through. Mm-hmm. And then Kevin Clash, who was the voice of Elmo, um, did the puppeteering and actually did the voice from on set. Oh, and interesting. then uh, Frank Gods came back and recorded over it. Yeah. Which I mean, they do some of that stuff sometimes when like those two characters are there together, someone's, you know, puppeteering it yeah. differently. But I thought that was interesting. Like he sat down with Kevin Clash and went, um, you know, it talked to him through like this is what I think of when I think of this character, and mm-hmm. this is what I think of when I think of this character. I, it sounds like that they they did their due diligence and a lot of thought was put into like to make sure it was still authentic. Uh, that is very interesting, but it also seems like something that like wouldn't happen all the time. It's like this was a specific set of circumstances because it it yeah, does seem well, like for the most part they would want everybody there, I right? Mean, now the whole thing with the Muppets is they're like I guess now it's different. They're swapping but, out actors all the time, so Yeah. Uh Statler and Waldorf are the masthead, I believe. Yeah, of the ship. So that's kind of a fun way to include them yes. and they have a pretty major role later on in the film well they have they save the day yeah yeah which Um, is pretty great yeah oh i love that we get introduced to tim curry's character with him singing what shall we do with a drunken sailor i don't know if you actually know that song because he starts with the chorus uh but i love that that's his intro like being a pirate myself of course yeah you know know that song Uh, but I love that that's his, the introduction to his character and I love how they reveal his one leg. So he's sitting on, what are those, is it a galley door? What are those doors? That sounds right, galley door. Yeah. Or like a farmhouse door where like the top opens and the bottom opens. That would be, but there is no top in this. There's just the bottom. So Mm -hmm. he's sitting on the ledge and so he's introducing himself. He's talking to Jim and they're getting to know one another and we find out he's Long John Silver. He's got a pet lobster, Polly, which I know you've got a fact about. Mm-hmm. But I love how they reveal it because this whole time they're chatting and the way he's sitting, you have no idea. You can't see his legs. And then when you open the door, then it's beware of the man with one leg. Yes. And so it's a very cool reveal. I also liked the bit of like, I thought pirates had parrots and they're like, what are you talking about? Yes. A par- they had a parrot for originally for for that that was uh, a female parrot from when John Cleese was on the Muppet Show, and they had written that parrot to like <laughs> they had written that parrot to like hit on John on Silver, and they thought that was weird. And then they had another parrot, a male parrot named Stevenson, that was going to explain all the differences between the movie and the book. And then eventually they came up, they they went with Polly. I love Polly the lobster. I think it's funny that he's a lobster yes. and not a parrot. I love that bit. And I just think he's gritty, right? Mm-hmm. Like John well, Silver. he's got a hook hand. One of his hands is a hook. Yeah, well, and Long John Silver is very charming and very smooth. And that's the whole bit. Like he's trying to keep his cover. 
But I think Polly is gritty like the rest of the pirates. And we we see that Long John Silver is as well, but you don't really see that well, yeah. in the beginning. Well, if you remember from Treasure Planet, the whole bit was Silver was like redeemed or like pretty much given a redemption story and was a good guy. And this one, he's he's still charming as heck, but he's they, they make like he does a good thing in the end. And- yeah, but and he... He still cares for Jim, yeah. not in the same way. I feel like in Treasure Planet, it's a much more emotional attachment, and right. he, and even um, he mentions in Treasure Planet, you know, I'm I'm getting feelings for the boy yeah, or the yeah, lad yeah. or whatever it is. Whereas in this, when all the pirates are about to mutiny and go after Long John Silver, and he holds them off, he lets Jim go yeah. when he's captured, and he says, "I do like you. Like I'm telling you the truth about that." But we don't. I don't think you feel it as strongly as you do in Treasure Planet. I right. think there's a relationship there, but I don't think it's the same type of relationship. But what I'm saying, what, what I'm saying is, Tim Curry is so oh charming. Yes, that, like. He's definitely the villain, and if we were doing a yes. full episode on this, and when we do a Jim Henson season, oh, I can't wait. We will definitely do a full episode on on this. Mm-hmm. But he he's the villain, like no oh, question. Yeah. Even though at the end, like he has the opportunity, he's not. He's a villain who's not super. I mean, he is antagonistic, but he has. He's not trying to kill the hero. He's just trying to. No, get he's got to. one very clear goal, yeah. and he sees that through. He's got a code, and it, you yeah. know, at the end, he's still. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. Uh. So then we're introduced, as we talked about, Mr. Eagle. Uh. Which is Mr. Eagle. He's Mr. Uh, Arrow. Mr. But it's Arrow. Sam the Eagle. Sam the Eagle. Mr. I Eagle was just, my father. I am um, just all over the place today. So Sam the Eagle is Mr. Arrow, the first mate, and Kermit is the captain. Yes. So we are introduced to them. I really like the introduction of Kermit where the really mean looking British yes. character actor walks out first. It's so good. And the, well, because Arrow is talking about how yeah. intense the captain is. And then when they reveal that it's Kermit. Uh, yes. Everybody, I know. Yeah. <laughs> and then you see Rizzo uh, selling tickets for the Caribbean cruise. So uh, this bit goes throughout where these rats are on a cruise. So you see them on the boat, swimming, dancing, you know, all the things you would do on a cruise they we, do throughout the film. We talked about that in Muppet Christmas Carol, that the reason they did that here is because the rats being kind of like meta in Christmas Carol went over so well. Yeah, and I think it goes over well here too. There's some funny little bits with it. I love when they're all dancing and they're, a bunch of them are making, or like, you know, having loving moments. One's like, I just, I mean to say yes. I mean to say yes. I mean, and then they just start and kissing. And then they just start kissing, yeah. I don't know. I think that's so and then funny. they're going to go for a mo- another couple's going to go for a moonlight swim. And yeah, then yeah. the tourists, when they're on the island and yeah. it's like a tour group. Oh, yeah, this is the, 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 this is a, the spot of a scene. We're on the location. Movie, Treasure Island. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the next song comes in Sailing for Adventure. I like this song because we get to meet all of the crew. So mm-hmm. in this song, you get to see all of kind of the major players who are on the ship. Which All is, of the repurposed Muppets from like Fraggle Rock yeah, and stuff like that. And there's that. a lot of real good ones. This is where we also meet old Tom, real old Tom, and dead well, Tom. Well, yeah, there's the there's a roll call after this. Yes, yeah. Where it's they have big, big, bad, ugly, baby, baby-eating O'Brien. And it's that woman who comes out that I, when I was watching it. And she's not in the rest of the movie. No. She's just there. She, yeah. Well, because we, remember, we established the four human pirates are Short Stack... Uh, something. Short Stack Stevens, Black Eyed Pea, Jerry, and then the other one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Because there's a part later where he goes, Jerry, he's just a kid. He just yells at him. Yes. Uh, so who's your favorite of, of the pirates? Of all the pirates? Uh, take out Long John Silver because he is my favorite. But out of the rest of the crew and the pirates. I I like... Okay, so I have two. Can I do two? I don't care. Okay, I would I would hold you to one, but I can do two. Um, <laughs> I like Walleye Pike. when his, Okay. Because I like the whole bit later. And then I like the guy whose name is uh, something the Mud Bunny from Fraggle Rock. But he's the one who, like, puppeteers dead Tom. Oh, yes. When he's like, aye, aye. And yeah. then later, when he, he's like, dead Tom's dead. He's he like, shot he shot him. dead and he Tom. kisses him so, like, lovingly on the nose. He's yes. Like, you know, and then they explain it to him. He's like, oh, it just throws him away. Yeah. Uh, my favorite, your favorite? Yeah. Clueless Morgan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Clueless Morgan. Well, your favorite so is Blind Pew. But yes, he didn't but make Blind it Pew isn't the... on the ship. Right. So... Can I can I give you a little cool uh, piece of, of of trivia you might like? Sure. David Bowie and Mick Jagger were both seriously considered for the role of Long John Silver before Tim Curry was cast. Wow. Uh, David Bowie has also been considered for another pirate role, Captain James Hook in Hook. Wow. I would have been really interesting to see his take on either one of these characters. I think Tim Curry was the right choice for this and the same with hook hook we uh, have i don't know if we i think I've, it's dustin hoffman yes right? but, yeah but we have decided we'll be on childhood trauma theater i think so yes uh where we start to see the bond between silver and jim is when they're talking about the stars i will say that you start to see a connection there mm-hmm. with the bond again i don't think it's as strong as it is in treasure planet but we do see it there uh, they also at one point capture Rizzo and Gonzo and they're torturing them. But of course, Gonzo enjoys it. And I love that they stretch him out. And then it's Beaker and Bunsen. I forget their characters' names in this. Well, one of them is Beaker. Beaker is just Beaker. Yes. Uh, but they, to reverse him being all stretchy, I like that his arms are floating on the ship and he goes and he tickles Kermit. For, who's like way away. Yeah. You know what that looked like? That looked like Muppet Vision 4D scene. Yes, Because he's like did. way in the background. Yeah. I will say in this one... There's a lot more interesting, like, like it feels like there's a lot of foreground and background stuff mm-hmm. that wasn't happening as much in Christmas Carol. Christmas Carol felt like big, wide sets shots. Yeah. And this one is like, they move up and they move back a little more dynamic, smaller shots. Mm-hmm. But I like what he does it because he goes, pooly, 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 which I think so is good. really funny for some reason. Yeah. Uh so the next big song is Cabin Fever, which I think is for a lot of people their favorite number. It's big. It's flashy. It's very funny. There's a lot of different styles. At one point, there's square dancing. You know, it's basically all these fever dreams that everybody's having when they're having Cabin Fever. So you said this used to be your favorite song, and we'll talk about your favorite yes, when we get to I th- it. This one's really funny to me. Yeah. I, I just thought it was real goofballs. But uh, I wanted to point something out. I was just looking back at my note about the black spot. Blind Pew is a character from the book. Really? He is. Billy Bones uh, is frightened by it, yet remains determined to outwit his enemies. However, he suffers a stroke caused by the overconsumption of liquor and is killed by the blonde, be- the blind beggar, Blind Pew. <gasps> I love that even more. I love yes. that they, that because they had to create Blind Pew. So I love well, I that they tra- based him <laughs> on yes. a character from the book and then created him for Because I was trying to think, because Blind Pew is such a weird name to not be a... To not be based off somebody. A joke or a pun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he was French as well. Like, there were a lot of very specific (laughs) things about him that maybe they took from the book. When I didn't Uh, think he was from anything, it felt like that salmon in uh, Will Arnett's pocket. He's like, hello. Yeah. 
Uh, does Arrow go overboard in... Yes, he okay. dies. They they kill him, I think, in a storm. Okay. Um, but so this one would... I like when he's like, the boat's unsafe, and he just goes away. Yes, yeah, and that's how they get him off, and uh, they how they get him off the ship, and... Then again, you see Tim Curry is so good at being like this cunning, you know, silver tongued uh, villain because he is at the memorial for Mr. Arrow. Everybody's at the memorial, but he has taken Mr. Arrow's keys when he got him on the lifeboat. And so the other pirates are stealing the map and doing all that stuff. So he still kept his cover, which I thought was a good bit. Uh, and then Jim winds up overhearing it, and then the next plan is he overhears that Silver's involved, and then the captain sends them all ashore. I like the line when all the pirates are in the boat, and, uh, Polly the Lobster says, wow, he's just given it to us all on a silver platter, and then Silver's like, don't trust the silver platter, and I like the way he gets Jim on the boat. So he at first invites him to come on the adventure, and Jim doesn't want kind to do it. Kind of to check. Yeah, to see, does he know, does he not know? And then he puts his crutch out and then pulls Jim into the boat, which I think is a good way to get him on the boat. And that's basically his insurance policy. So they're not going to leave without Jim. I just have a fact I've been sitting on. I need you to get to the pig so I can do this Oh, fact. <laughs> okay. Well, okay, well. I'll no, no, it's okay, it's there. okay, it's okay. okay. It's just... Because we do, we yeah, you, you we come to Professional Pirate, which is my new favorite song. Yes. So that's the next thing in my mm-hmm. notes is a professional pirate. And now Silver is all dressed up. He's the captain. And this is another really good, solid song. It showcases Tim Curry very well. well. This is my only number. Yes. Uh, he's hamming it up. It's, it's, it's perfect. And the humming in the background throughout mm-hmm. is probably my favorite part of the whole number. I, I like the, yeah, the chords they're using. Mm-hmm. It's really, really good. So the captain Rizzo and Gonzo, they leave the ship to go save Jim and they don't realize pirates are still on board. And so pirates take control of the ship. Right. So that's what's happening with everybody else. And then the Islanders capture, the captain capture Kermit, Gonzo, and Rizzo. And with the cool bit with the glowing eyes. Yes, yeah, where they, they think they're alone in the dark and they're not going to do anything till morning and then all these other eyes show up and mm-hmm. you see that it's the Islanders. And then the next song is Boom, Shakalaka. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a song. It's more of a, cha- a Oh, it's chant. on the soundtrack. But it's, oh, is it really? Yeah. Well, it's a big number and with a, you went, that's a real elephant. It's a elephant. real elephant. Miss Piggy comes in on a real elephant. Benjamina yes. Gunn is yes. her name in this. And is there a Benjamina? There's Ben Gunn. Oh, that's Remember, right. Remember, because he's a he's a, in, in Treasure Planet, he's the robot B E N. That's right. That's right. So I have a little fact about the pigs. Um, Hormel Foods Corporation, makers of Spam, sued the production company for making the name of a warthog character Spam. Wow. Uh, I remember this. This I remember. Uh, their suit was defeated on September twenty second, nineteen ninety five. The judge noted that one might think Hormel would welcome the association with a genuine source of pork. Which, that seems a little, like, sassy for this judge. Yeah, but it does, it seems like a silly thing to sue over. I don't know, I don't know what they thought, like, it wasn't like, it was just a joke because he was a pig They didn't on, even like, use island. the logo of Spam or anything. It was yeah. just, yeah, like, they didn't. 
because Spam is so popular in Hawaii, I think they were just trying to make like a Polynesian yeah. pig character. That was his name. I don't know. I mean, the whole thing has well, a little bit joke- of an issue with like a tribal vibe. And yes, I was. But- I was curious what your thoughts were on that. Piece it was of it. iffy, but it's also like they're pigs, and it's a Muppet movie from '96. So yeah, I don't know. but I will say that joke goes by so quick too. They don't like. The yeah, spam they joke. They yeah. don't really give it a lot of attention. So yeah, uh, we find out that Benjamina is upset with Kermit. We don't really know why yet, but we find out later on that it's because he left her at the altar. And we find out that she has not the best taste in men because she does get involved with Flint. And that's how she comes to this island in the first place. And apparently sometime on the boat she got involved, involved with, with Silver John. as well. Uh, and Jim Curry gets to kiss Miss Piggy. I don't know that yes. many other people, humans, have kissed Miss Piggy. Well, we—I yeah, don't think you've seen the Great Muppet Caper. I, think I you don't said. think so. No. Charles Grodin is in love with her. Oh. Like he is trying to steal her away from yeah. Kermit. It is really. But then he kisses her. I don't remember if he actually kisses her. I think he definitely tries. Yeah. Um, but we, you, we, like again, we need to do a full yes Muppet thing. Uh, so when they find the treasure, all the chests are empty. And this is when he says, run, save yourself, Jim. I'll hold them off. When they all turn to mutiny onto him. And they tie Silver up. They give him the black spot. And I love how he gets out of this. He guilt trips them all. <laughs> On a page and, from the Bible. Yes, no less. And then when they're all apologizing, that's when <laughs> Thoughtless Morgan is like, Clueless, you, Morgan. Clueless Morgan, you're beautiful. Mm-hmm. You're precious. You're precious. (laughs) Uh, So then they're all together again. They don't wind up executing Long John Silver. They're still going to look for the treasure. Jim, Freeze, Rizzo, and Gonzo. Yes. Which I guess we should say, the Islanders, all the pigs, they tie up Rizzo, Gonzo, and uh, Kermit. They find Kermit and Piggy, and Piggy has a uh, necklace made of doobloons, so Silver's like, where is it? Well, we have to talk about... Uh, Mr. Arrow coming back because well, that's yeah. a good bit because so that these happens are all with... happening simultaneously kind of yeah so they go, Jim and Gonzo and Rizzo go to the boats and they and they've been speared by all the, the natives and that's when Mr. Arrow like is like oh it's, he he's completely up. clueless he's just like heading like, to oh, the hello. island yeah and then he goes by the way that silver character can't be trusted yeah and so when they all head back to the boat how they take back the ship is they put flour on Mr. Arrow because they know how superstitious pirates are and he becomes the ghost boogie, of Mr. Arrow. Boogie, boogie, So good. Uh, so that happens. And then as that's happening, you find out the backstory with uh, Kermit and Miss mm-hmm. Piggy and then Long John Silver comes up on them. As you mentioned, the necklace of gold to blooms kind of gives away that she knows where the treasure right. is. And they wind up tying both of them from a tree hanging over the ocean from a very high cliff when they go to look for the treasure at her place. They start singing a love song. Love let us hear. I was not a fan of. But what you did like is the treasure montage. Yes, when everyone cut to the pirates and they're like, ah, that's their treasure. Yeah, as they're celebrating all the treasure they found. And then Piggy's thing snaps and Kermit catches her and has like the funniest His face. His face is so good because he's straining so hard to hold on to her. I love when they do that. And that's where Statler and Waldorf save the day. So as the ship comes in to try to save Kermit and Miss Piggy, they wind up catching them before they go into the water. But then the ship crashes on the beach and it turns into a sword fight between like good guys and bad guys for a while. Yes. Um, Kermit, you know, is 
turns out to be a pretty good sword uh, fighter. I remarked how Piggy always ends up fighting like real people in these movies. Yeah. So she fights the pirates in the end. And and, except for Jerry, who's fighting Jim, and that's when Silver goes, "Come on, Jerry! He's, he's just, just a, a kid. kid." I'm like, "Jerry." Uh, but Kermit <laughs> has a tattoo of Miss Piggy yes. on his chest during the final fight. Yes. Yeah. And when we're showing off how good of a swordsman he is, when he gets to Silver, he cuts off all his buttons it and is. he cuts the hat. And it's yes, I really it's liked so that good. part. I well, liked because Silver's just kind of standing there because like he's watching everything, but he's not really in the fight. Well, I'm, I'm saying when he's fighting Kermit. Oh he's, yes. Like, very stationary, because, like, they really kept them on the one-foot thing. Like, mm-hmm. they did, I mean, it's a pretty easy... Like, they either had his foot in a, like, a blue sock for to, like, take mm-hmm. out. You know, like a blue uh, a blue screen thing. Yeah. Or, like, he was just tucked behind him. Yeah. Apparently, he had a, he had a, a, a peg leg in one version. He was like, this is too uncomfortable. Mm. Well, you said that it's one of his most favorite, right? He was he, quoted... He said, and the same thing as Michael Caine... Now, I know we joked about Michael Caine in, in Muppet Christmas Carol being like, I'm going to play this as serious as a heart attack. Yeah. And I think he, Tim Curry doesn't play this seriously, but he plays it extremely earnestly. Like, he's, yes. he's playing a maniacal, fun pirate character, and he's not doing like, hey, I'm a pirate. Like, he's not He never winking. shies away from... from- his goal. I feel yes. like he has a very specific goal in mind and what this character should be. And I think he fulfills that. His performance would be just as, just as welcome in a, a performance of the, uh, uh, him playing Long John Silver in a regular Treasure Island movie. The writing is just a little goofier. And campier. Yeah. yeah and then mm-hmm. like Scrooge's writing was not funny at all. Yeah. Well, and, and as we talked about with Muppets Christmas Carol, it was, a lot of it was almost verbatim out of the book. Right, of the right, line, right. So it's a little bit different with that. Uh, but he said this is, yeah, it's one of his most favorite roles, right? Yes. He got a, they made him on, uh, as his last day. A uh, likeness of him as Long John Silver as a Muppet and gave it oh to him. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Do you have a picture of that? No, it's just a, oh, a fact. Let me really look up and see cool. if I find a picture. So basically, just to wrap up kind of the ending here, Silver winds up surrendering. They wind up locking them all up on the ship. And then that's when he realizes he still has Mr. Arrow's keys. So he sneaks out in the middle of the night with all the treasure on a lifeboat. And Jim kind of confronts him and eventually just lets him go and says, you know, I never want to see you again. We didn't talk about this, but Jim has a compass that was from his father. That's because the movie barely talks about it. Yeah, well, he makes it important in the beginning. My God, are you ready for this? We're going to have to post this. I know this is terrible audio, but here it is. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Isn't that good? Yeah. Isn't that good? Wow, that's wild. Yeah, we're going to have to post it. It's also kind of like life size. It's the same height I as mean, he is in the chair. Well, they're just putting it so they're but the same still. height. The, the head is about the same size. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Uh, But yeah, so he, he sneaks off... Um, on his own, and like I said, he gives Jim back the compass, and then Kermit overhears it and was like, your father would be proud. Kermit, the captain, knew his father. And, and then, then as he leaves, Mr. Arrow says... Uh, one of the boats is missing, and I can tell you, I know for sure, it is very unsafe. Safe. Slow fade out, hard cut to Silver, like, bailing himself out of the sinking Yeah, and thing. eventually swimming away. Like, swimming towards the island without any of the treasure. I have another fact, speaking of uh, boats. Uh, apparently, Brian Henson was very worried um, that 
pr- the producer and director that everyone was going to well and also jim henson's son right yes all was he's worried that the whole cast and crew would get motion sick as the ship rolled on the gimbals mm. like the things to make it so he gave everyone seasickness pills for the first day of the shoot uh not only did the cast and crew not get seasick but they almost all fell asleep on the job. Like they just that's got funny, really but I, it's so thoughtful. It's kind of a sweet thing to try to to make everybody comfortable. I definitely would have probably gotten motion sickness right. if I had to do anything on that that was moving back and forth like that. Anything else you want to say about this one? Like go if you watch have, it. Yeah, it's really good. It's a lot of fun. It's on Disney Plus. Um, there's an he double hockey sticks at the end that I wasn't expecting. There from is silver. Yeah, real brief. So if you're letting kids watch it, just watch out for that. I don't remember it. It happened. It's when he goes, uh, n- now, when I quack out here, sometimes we leave stuff in because we realize when we quack out, it, sounds, it much sounds way worse. worse. But you'll know what I'm saying here. But he says, oh, Jim. Oh. I could never I shoot you or hurt you. God, or whatever, so. I think I just, that one just passed me by. But, mm. uh, but yeah, it's so good. It was just as good as I remember. I've seen it as an adult many times. But it had been a little while since I've watched it, so it was great to rewatch it. And I don't know, had we ever yeah. watched it together? I don't think so. Yeah, so it was nice to watch it together. Um, a couple things I want to say real quick. I would love for you guys to write in, email us, or call us seven zero seven yo trpd one, and let us know who's your favorite Muppet in this. Like, oh, we your would love that. Yeah, favorite song. And but, why is it Blind Pew? And why is it Blind Pew? <laughs> and very specifically, I would like to hear from a uh, former guest Molly. And Melissa, how many times uh, you guys sang Cabin Fever while well, listening to this episode, if you listen to this episode? <laughs> because I know in our D&D sessions, all the time, uh, from across the table, like, Melissa will go, I have Cabin Fever! And then Molly will go, I've got it too! Like, they always do that. <laughs> so good, I love it. But, oh, um, guys, so good. go check out this movie. Let us know what you thought. Uh, always remember to rate, review, subscribe, and tell a friend about our podcast. And we will see you next time. Take care, listeners. Thanks for listening to Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. If you want to tell us your favorite Disney villain and why it's guest on, send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com. Or you can send a tweet about how great Maleficent is, too, at TRP Diaries. Check out our Facebook group by searching for Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, and many more. Wherever you hear us, please be our knight in shining armor and give us a five-star review. Thanks again, and until next time, remember to always live happily ever after. (laughs) 